Hello, this is the 39th episode of the Creative Flow podcast series, hosted by Anthony Bellani and Kimberly McKernan. It features discussions with thinkers and change agents important to the science of creativity. Our guest is Miggy Wong, a museum professional and artist who creates situation-based performance projects. Born and raised in Hong Kong and later migrating to the United States, her multicultural background has diversified her artistic practice and enhanced her creative nature. She creates whimsical experiments that explore and document ideas of social interaction, cultural mutation, a sense of belonging, and acts of sincerity. In 2021, she published a graphic diary called 14 Days Quarantine Meal Drawing Project, documenting her quarantine experience in Hong Kong. Miggy holds a Bachelor of Fine Arts from the California Institute of the Arts and a Master's of Creative Studies and Change Leadership from Buffalo State University. Welcome, Miggy. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Let's jump into the first question. Can you please share the story of how you became involved in deliberate creativity? So. My background as an artist um, has trained me to use creativity to produce um, different forms of art. And creativity is my domain skills for survival, communication, and motivation to live a fulfilling and healthy life. So um, that's that's what I wrote um, <laughs> as an intro, um, how I connected with creativity. Um, I guess the creativity really starts at a very young age. Um, I do, I, at that time, I did see a lot of my shortcoming um, as being at school in a, in a school setting. And, and I found that like being creative is a way um, for me to, you know, kind of survive, get through the, the tough times at school and also make friends. Um, so yeah, so at that time I found that creativity is my, basically my surviving tool and skills, um, that I could use. Um, and then later on, um, it, it, it really did develop, um, the art making as part of my life. So I started going, I went to art school when I moved to Los Angeles from Hong Kong and it really gives me the um, confirmation, like art is part of your life, being creative is part of your life. You just, you know, continue to study it and go for it. So I guess that's how I start <laughs> connecting with creativity. And how did you happen to go to Buffalo State University? So um, I lived in Los Angeles in uh, like 18 years, pretty much until I moved to Buffalo, which is a couple, just a week before the pandemic hit. And um, at that time, um, I worked at the Virtual Penny Art Center uh, for a couple of days and then the entire world shut down. Um, so the years came by, a year or two, a year, I think it was a year came by and then finally the museum reopened and I started working there again and I started to you know, look for a possibility of getting a um, extended education 
Um, I always wanted to get an MFA, Master of Fine Arts. So I was looking, I was looking at the Buffet website and see, oh, what are the possibilities to get a either Master of Fine Art or Museum Studies? And somehow, um, this Creative Study program pop up on the screen, and then I start reading about it, and then I was like, wait, hold on. You could study about creativity. <laughs> like I do see myself as a creative person, um, so I'm like, okay, well, I do know a little bit. I do know creativity because I'm living with it. But I want to know what it is about. I want to study about it. So I, I do separate into like, okay, I'm a very artistic, creative person. But I don't know much about scientific creativity, and that's what I want to go for. So then I apply, and then um, I had a chat with Dr. Fuccio, um, and that's how I got started in the program. <laughs> so you you uh, clearly stated how creativity has been inside, in with you for much of your life, and then you came to. Uh, the center upon coming to Buffalo and saw the uh, the science side of it. So there's uh, now personal and professional implications. How would you talk about uh, both of those now? As I said, uh, the creativity is my surviving problem-solving skill and artistic creativity. That's how we call it. I've been calling it artistic creativity. Uh, for at Buffalo State, I think the program does help me to translate my creative experience and process into a metacognitive framework. And I learned that this scientific creativity process, like creative problem solving, provides a more um, systematic, practical, and accessible formula for me to approach problem and solutions. So during that time, I learned that like there we can actually use a framework, you know, more solid framework for problem solving. So I found it very useful because then I, I, I mix things and I do things and I, I explain to people, oh, this is my art, this is what I do as an artist. But when it comes to like problem solving, sometimes I don't, I don't have a word to, to describe it. You know, you just, you just do, like you just find a strategy and then you go through this process and then that will help you to find a solution. Now, for me, it's very, I think for me, it's very uh, natural, like an autopilot. You know, I found a problem. This is a problem. All right, this is how I got to jump in and go for it and solve the problem. Like it's all in my brain, but I don't, I, I wouldn't know how to explain to people or I don't know how to share as a formula for people to, you know, to, to maybe apply for their own life. So I think Buff State, the, the creative study program, creative study and change leadership program does help me to find, you know, the common ground as an artist and as for people who might think they're not creative, but they actually can be. And <clears throat> there's a platform to talk about, okay, these are the, the starting point. If, if we want to solve the problem together, this is the starting point, and this is the formula we could use, both of, both of us could use. So it's like a common language too. Yeah, I think like I mentioned 
when we first chat before the recording, I see a little bit difference of myself, you know, coming to the call, like coming to the program. As for other colleagues, is that I think I already know I'm very familiar with being creative. It's like I I'm not here to seek for how to be creative. So so coming to the program does you know it's it's like a reverse for me that. Learning the the language and learning um, how to put this this process into writing is what I was looking for. And during the program, I did some research and study that does help me as an artist because I I see that like a lot of people may have been using this program as a platform to you know to do their their own business. Or to help their their work, you know, in a corporate world, things like that. But for me, I found it more like in a personal approach. When I see, when I read the study of Scott Barry Kaufman, um, he's a psychologist. Um, he's a scientist. Um, study about well-being, and he talks about how creativity and arts, like artists, has Their own madness. In the in the beginning, I would think, oh yeah, this is this is a myth. You know, this is what people say, like as a stereotype. Oh, creative people are mad people. Artists a little bit crazy. They um, you know, they do things very differently. And sometimes I think that turns into a stereotype. During the program, I learned that like, yeah, it, it may be true. Like artists. Sometimes it's kind of madness. They do a little bit outside of box thing,、uh, but that's that's how it makes art interesting because you're not looking at similar thing like everybody does. And and the ability of the artist is that like we have our divergent ability may be actually higher than normal usually people would use the divergent thinking process. So, so what I'm trying to say is. For artists, yes, we have a very high divergent ability that really help us to suck in a lot of <laughs> a lot of possibility, and then we try to use that as a platform to you know to express ourselves or to to deliver a message.、Um, and sometimes it's off grid, you know, it's it's it may be a little bit of outrageous. But at the same time, I do see that because of this ability, it does help us to find different solution into problems. I think we we were trained to be more resilient when it when it turns and when it comes to like solving problems. So I see it as a as a positive side of it. Does it make sense? I love how you put that. Yeah. Yeah. So so I I so I I do agree that like. Having a little bit art in our life does help. <laughs> Having art activity in in our life does help. And even people think that, oh, I'm not creative. I I see this statement, I'm not creative, as you just haven't been exposed to creativity, or you just haven't been acknowledged that you have been creative. Like this, I think we we. We sometimes have to remind ourselves we are creative because 
create creativity and being creative is our surviving skills. It's we have been doing it all our life. We just didn't acknowledge it. And when we acknowledge it, we allow ourselves to be more open to possibility, to positivity. So I think for Buff State, this program does help me with, you know, to understand better as an artist, um, how I could utilize the, the artistic creativity. At the same time, I learned more about the scientific creativities and, and how I could use it as a language, you know, to promote creativity to, to different, you know, different people. So yeah, that's, that's how I think that's a role that I, I've been playing, you know, during the, my education. And I hope that it could follow through, you know, just keep going. <laughs> this is not leaving me. I love that. Especially since you encourage participatory art, you need to give others the confidence. I love well, let's dig in a little bit more to your work. Tell us about it and how has it evolved over time? So I love um, interactive arts, performance art. The reason why I found that as, as my um, medium is that um, I can connect with people in very different level. So, um, and it also helped me as a non, I would say non-academic person to not just fit in, but also like build connection, like real connection to the, to where, wherever I am. I could share a story about like when I was first in, like get into art school. Um, at that time, well, English is always my second language. So language and like reading, articulation, all this are, are very foreign to me. As to start, I, I really was trying to think, okay, how am I gonna, you know, I love the education, but how am I gonna connect with people? Because art is not just a one-way thing, you know? So, so what I did is, um, Basically, I just want to make friends. I want to make friends. I want to talk to more people and I want to be, you know, comfortable to talk to people. So I um, I set a table outside of the cafeteria, um, a mahjong table. And then I played the mahjong for 24 hours. And I had, <laughs> that was, that was the best time. <laughs> like people were like, oh, you, you play mahjong for 24 hours? How are you gonna do it? I'm like, well, I got friends. So I have a, a friend who was uh, a, a tutor at that time, helped me to translate, you know, how to play Mahjong. And then we print it, print it out and then put it on the side. So people have a very basic introduction of how you play. And then they they are all welcome. They take turns to sit in at the Mahjong table. It takes four people to play. So I'm one of it. So, um, and then during the play, you know, we got to talk and then we learned how to play and then we learned about each other. And and that was that was a project that really gave me a lot of friendship and um um and helped me to find myself more comfortable in the environment. And I was very thankful because people are curious. People are curious about what you're doing and people want to learn and connect. So those are the people that will 
come in voluntary and join and, you know, and connect with you. So I always found this type of work very um, special because you're not forcing people to do anything. This is this is like how it starts as people are curious, you know. So I think curiosity is one of the creative skills as well. So, um, and I see that when people use their creative skills as you know being just simply just curious, then something will happen. So um, yeah, so this is one thing that I did for my work and. And I actually wanted to also talk about the, the recent work I did um, with Resource Art. Um, resource Art was New York. Actually, it's Resource Art New York, apologize, and Dewante. So this is the collaborative project that I did at uh, in Dewante before um, during summer. I think that was the month of August. <laughs> it felt like it, it's a long time ago. So what I did is I... Um, did uh, four drawings. They're pretty big size of drawings of reimagined houses of Buffalo. And I did those houses and um, and then it was displayed at um, Tewande and it was open for people to come in and color those houses. And then by the end of it, uh, I'll bring those houses home and I'll hand stitch the outline of the houses as a metaphorical act of preserving the culture and the history of the, you know, of what happened in those houses and, and the human sincerity. So during that month, I, I met so many people from Buffalo, like with different industry. They're not artists, they're they're from all over the all over the field. And they would tell me a story about Buffalo. And I think this, this, you know, they tell me about, oh, I know this house, this, this place, this house remind me of what street and remind me of their childhood or, you know, they tell me different story and, and that's how I learn about the city. And I think this, this is the power of art and collaboration. And uh, because, you know, it's just very simple color, color the house, pick whatever color you want. And, and, you know, and, hundreds of people collaborate, hundreds of people, you know, put their colors in it. There's no planning. It's just color whichever part you like, whichever part that speaks to you, um, draw something. And I would see people draw like flowers, dinosaur, flamingo in their house, you know, in the window. It's very, you know, color, different style. And it just... um. Yeah, that's that's uh that's really amazing to me. Um, it's a very amazing experience. I was lucky enough to see it, and it was fun to participate with other people coloring too. So there was multiple levels of connection. Really great. It makes me think that the people's contributions is its own act of uh, divergent thinking, because you could never predict or direct what uh, each individual is going to bring to the table. And the uh, when it's an art project, the results are always uh, very uh, beautiful. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I actually have people came to me that I've never met. And then they were like, oh, are you okay with, because 
I have, there are kids. Kids just start picking up those, uh, the acrylic marker and then scribbling and, you know, doing their way of coloring. And then I have, I have some, um, participant come to me who are adult and they're like, are you okay with this? I was worried that you, you gotta be like heartbreaking to see, you know, your art getting scribble, scrabble. And, and I'm like, well, this is the point of it because you never know what's gonna happen. And, and the fact that like, I was so, I was so ready for this. It's kind of amazing. Like, I want to see what people do and how people interpret this piece of art. And, and I see it as like, nothing will go wrong. Even, even say like, if it happens that like the, the art start getting, getting burned and it get burned out, it's still part of the process. You have a story to tell by the end. So, um, I was like pretty open about this. And I think it was because of the divergent ability that you were just so open for, you know, things that will happen. Of course, there are other uh, projects that I have been doing. It's more, uh, more or less like that much open uh, to the to the outcome. But I think this one is it's a proven. Like it does show one of the example. Like see, like we open up, we open up the the result, and then we'll see how it goes. And then by the end, I do I did spend some time, you know, just the piece and myself to go through it and then to retrace the, the building and hand stitch it. And and there were some, you know, um, time that I quiet down and then I make the decision of where are the parts that I, I'm going to preserve. You know, the scribbles gravel part, I want to preserve it because it's part of it. But at the same time, there are some parts that I could, you know, not 100% erase it but to tone it down a little bit. So as an artist, I still have the ability and control that I could choose how I want to develop, like deliver the piece, you know, by the end. Well, um, then you you went in a whole nother direction from grand, open, unexpected group project to your quarantine project. So tell us more about that and how it impacted your life. Yeah, so that one is more super under control i think is that because there's a lot i work under a lot of restrictions so the quarantine project was during the time when i went back to hong kong to visit my uh my family and because it was still i think it's in 2021 there was still um pandemic so going back you're required to quarantine for 14 days in the hotel um, you can't go out um, the key card is pretty much work once once you go in, you can't go back out because um, the key part won't work. So for that 14 days straight, you just quarantine, you know, before you could travel around Hong Kong. You did a couple of tests and make sure you were doing fine. So before check-in, I got sent um, a manual of um, 14 days of meal, three times a day. Um, you have to pre-select them. So I... I look through the list and then I kind of curate, you know, what type of food that I want uh, throughout that 14 days. And then I got this idea, like, I should make an art project based on this very structural curated um, um, schedule. So um, that's how I um, started this quarantine art project. 
So every day they deliver three meals. Um, each meal, I'll take a picture of it and I'll eat it, and then I'll draw what I ate. And that comes forty-two meals that I did throughout the fourteen days. And every time I finish one, I'll put um, I'll put it up in my in the hotel room, and um, that turns into a pretty cool installation. <laughs> um, but yeah, so. I think that project itself, it really, it's a psychological response on how I cope with this global, uncontrollable intensity by creating my own personal controllable intensity. Because drawing a, a watercolor, it is a watercolor drawing. So they, they, they take time. It takes about well, at least like three to five hours to finish. So, my quarantine life on that set 14 days have been very, very busy because of that. <laughs> very, very structured, very, very busy. And that really helped me to, you know, to get through um, some time, you know, like the time that I, I really, I am a very active person. I like to go out and do things and being in a hotel room in to begin with, it's a, it's a challenge, but um, yeah, it, it end up, turn into a very fast and very pra uh, practical, you know, um, time, 14 days. Yeah. So. Were you there alone? And it seemed like you said it took three hours to do each drawing. So it pretty much filled your day up. Uh, how did that all, how did that feel while you were there? Um, did you even feel quarantine because you were so consumed with your drawing? Um, yes, I was there alone by myself. And and yes, it does take up all my pretty much majority of my time besides like sleeping and eating and maybe like watching TV and relaxing. But just also the story behind it is that like my grandma uh, was sick around that time. So I got a permission to go visit her twice. And then during that 14 days, uh, my grandma passed away, but I got to see her very very last minute like I got to say goodbye to her so in the in another level this project does help me to to get through it too um, because art has always been something to help me to process my thoughts and emotion so I think when when you draw when you paint the concentration it's it gives you the time to really reflect and you know not just to pick like what color i'm using it it's it's like a cognitive thing that helps you to process about your your life it it helped me to process grief it helped me to process excitement um history you know human connection conflicts <laughs> a lot of times it's true that a lot of um, unpleasant memory rather than like happy memories that I process and I realize that. But but I do need it, you know, like it's it's part of us, you know, to process our emotion. This is my platform to use. So, um, yeah, I think being alone for that many days um, I didn't feel alone, actually. 
Yeah, the the art itself kept me very busy, and also the the process of making it reminding me who has been in my life, and what people have done in my life, and how much I appreciate it, and also giving me the motivation to connect with them again, like to text them and find like, hey, let's meet up when I'm done <laughs> quarantine. You know, so th this this is a process. It's a full circle. That, you know, art just keep me going. Beautiful. What is your wish for how creativity will progress in the future? Well, my wish is um, I wish that creativity, both scientific and artistic creativity, can continue to, to maintain and improve our well-being. Um, I do see um, utilizing the creative problem-solving framework it's can is a sustainable formula for our well-being. Um, I can't just ask people, oh, just make some art and you'll be fine again. No, but um, but art is part of it. And if you could find art as a tool to help you to go to to clarify what is the root of your challenge, and then to help you to have to um to gain you a positivity energy to face the challenge. Um, I think we have to, yeah, we, we can consider using art. We should consider using art as part of our, to sustain our well-being, to maintain our well-being. So um, for, this, for the scientific side of creativity, I wish that this will be applied to artists. Because <laughs> I think yeah, so I think a lot of times we we're very sensitive as artists and we're very I am emotional a lot of times too because again it's a divergent ability that I have is I observe a lot of things. And I think it's the CPS, the creative problem solving framework, it does it's like a grounding structure that helps me to like look into, okay, let's put this into bullet point. And let's follow the steps, you know, and, and see how we could use those steps for a more tangible and accessible solution. So it's not just theoretical. It's not just you're dreaming, you know, it's that you could actually put that into action and, you know, to, to help us to maintain our mental health. So. Great. Thank you. These are some lovely, lovely reflections, Miggy, especially that you're um, bringing the world of scientific creativity closer to the world of artistic creativity. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Well, we ask each speaker as we end our conversation, tell us about your creative flow. I do have two creative flow. It, it, it would, um, it's related to art, of course. <laughs> So I think um, my creative flow is when I when I make art, those emotions that go that I've been through while making art does give me creative flow. They even sometimes it's really tough. Sometimes it makes me like just want to cry, and like I could be crying and drawing at the same time, or I could feel very angry while drawing. But still, I think seeing this the ability of able to go through this process 
is my creative flow. And this is like the private, but when it comes to performance art, when I'm out there doing things with, uh, you know, with my participant, with people I don't know, seeing the story, hearing the story and hearing the, the feedback or any comment that they give, um, you know, from about my work is, does give me creative flow too. I think that is the time that I feel like I'm connecting with people, people are being true and people are actually using the creative side of it. I think because if you're not using your creative side, you probably wouldn't be able to, you know, even to connect, to, to find this piece of speaking to you. So to go back to, to what I believe in is that everybody has a creative side. Like we just have to use it. We just have to acknowledge it. Thank you so much, Miggy. Thank you. And thank you for listening. This is Kimberly McKernan and Anthony Bellani. We invite you to tune in again to the Creative Flow series. We hope you will translate your creative flow into action and that your actions change the world.